<laughs> right? We're get, we're entering into a process when none of us know what we're doing, but we have a process mm-hmm. that helps us navigate that. We can put in place a strategic architecture that creates the conditions for you with multiple other people, many of whom you don't agree with, to figure this out. And our experience yeah. over the last 20 years is that people will rise to that opportunity, right? They will rise to yeah. it. Like you will, you know. Absolutely. And uh, everyone's like, oh, great. That sounds amazing. Brilliant. You know, and then you get into it and they're like, really? Does it have to be this uncomfortable? I think fundamentally, neither one of us are joiners. I think neither one of us look at institutions <laughs> or organizations and think, I want to do that. Fundamentally, mm. I don't think you and I want to build a thing right oh. and be part of a thing that just kind of keeps going like you can even hear me talking about it i'm like ah why would someone want to do that you're listening to find the outside the podcast i'm tim merry and i'm tuesday ryan hart this week on find the outside we're talking about our strategic choice to be small and flexible and i'm not talking about our extensive <laughs> yoga experience <laughs> I am talking about our organizational structure, people. And if you didn't know, Tuesday did used to be a yoga teacher and my mum used to be a yoga teacher as well. Funny connection. Anyway, we've chosen, right? Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And I usually don't own my yoga teacher background because people expect me to be a little more evolved than I am. (laughs) (laughs) What, like as a human? Yeah, exactly. I don't tell people that. Yep. That's what I mean. Are you kidding me? You're yeah, so a I just don't mention it. Ridiculously spiritually evolved person. <laughs> like outrageously. But maybe, but maybe not in a yoga teacher kind of way, perhaps. No, that's true. Maybe not. Yeah. No. Anyway, I love having that in common with your mother, who was yeah. lovely the one time I met her. Right. I do yoga every day. I try and do like a salute to the sun every day. I get up in the morning and it's like the first thing I do before like I cook breakfast for the kids and all that kind of stuff. I try and do that every single day. And the other day I was at my kids football match and I was just kneeling down, you know, like, but, mm-hmm. but like, uh, like fully like, you know, shins flat on the ground kneeling. And someone was like, Oh, Tim, your knees. And I was like, what do you mean? And so apparently most people of my age can't do that. And I was like, Oh, it must no be the way. yoga. It must be the yoga. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Did you know that Ryan Giggs played for Manchester United until he was 40 years old in the Premier League? And he said that he was able to play that long because of yoga. Isn't that impressive? Anyway, that's a good reason to do yoga. Have I told you that before? (laughs) 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 Anyway, this this week on Find the Outside the Podcast, we're talking about small and flexible. That was how we got down down that whole rabbit hole, wasn't it? That's how we went there. Why we've chosen to work in this particular business model as the way we work. We have chosen to not get big, right? Yeah. As a as a as an organizational structure, right? Yeah, and there's been right. many, many opportunities to do that. We've decided not to become a huge studio. You know, we've kept it very small. Everybody we work with, we subcontract in. Even even though we have kind of retainer relationships with our subcontractors, they're bound into us for like long periods of time. Uh, we've deliberately chosen to stay small and agile and flexible and move in and out of relationship with a lot of people. And and uh, I'm going to ask you first, why you think mm. we've ended up that way? What is it about the way we're working that um, works for us and works for the people we work with. So I am sure you're going to make a beautiful business case for this. I'm going to start off with um, <laughs> I'm going to start off with what I think is like a foundational reason, like the place we move from, and then yeah. why we've kept it that way. I think fundamentally, 
neither one of us are joiners. I think neither one of us look at institutions <laughs> or organizations and think, I want to do that. I want to, you know, I don't think kind of fundamentally, I don't think you and I want to build a thing, right? Uh, and be part of a thing that just kind of keeps going. Like you can even hear me talking about it. I'm like, ah, why would someone want to do that? I remember once I was invited to um, join a consulting firm and they kept saying, you know, we want to grow, we want to grow the business, want to grow the business. And I was like, I kept asking for what? Like, why? and it was a legitimate question. Like, why, why would I want to grow a business, right? If you're going to tell me, that's going to help you do better work in the world or you got to make it compelling but i have no i have no general inclination to grow a business and so i think kind of fundamentally neither one of us have that kind of desire to to make bigger institutionally so i think that's mm. that would be kind of i think um one of the things that i suspect is at the core of us now i think that's worked really well with our work Right. I think it fits. I think it's part of why we do the work we do because our work is agile and swift. Right. And it doesn't, um, you know, the, the ponderousness that can come from an organization, especially as it gets larger, does not serve our work. And so it feels a little bit like the way our nature meets the nature of our work means mm. we stay small. Does yeah, that make sense? Totally. Totally. I mean, what there is think? that one line. I think we've said it on the podcast before is that we like, and, which is that we are totally committed to building the capacity within the circumstances that we engage within the organizations, within the communities, within the leaders to do the work themselves. What we, we have an yeah. absolute allergy to people becoming dependent on us. Right. And so like, and right. so, and, that, and I think that's almost like a, like the fact we stay small enforces that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it's not yeah. like we have like an army of people who we can suddenly bring to bear or like a branding department or, you know, an operations right. wing or like, you know, like. And, Absolutely. And, and so I think that's, a, I think there's something built into our mindset and, and the way we approach the work that doesn't demand a massive organization, actually, because what we're right. generally doing is trying to leverage all of the organizations and people and opportunities and human resource that's there to get the work done. Like, right. That's what we do. We create the conditions for people to get to work on mm. stuff themselves. Like, And so we don't need yeah. a huge amount of people because all the people are already there, you know? And so I think, uh, so I think the, I think there's something that is in the philosophy of our work, but but meets a real need too. And, and it means that we don't end up being the people who come in and write reports, right? Like we're not, because we don't right. come in and do an analysis. We come in and create the conditions for you to get to work. Get right. to work, right? right? We had that conversation today. We had a pretty significant sure international client calling uh, calling us up this morning saying, would you come in and help us with some major change? 18,000 person organization, you know? And, uh, and they were like, we don't want a large McKinsey coming in. You know, we don't want the Boston consultant right. group and spend $2 million on a report. This is a real story, $2 million on a report that took eight months to write that they never used, right? Like, yeah, and we continue to hear those stories, right? Oh my right? goodness, yeah. We continue to hear those stories. And I think that you're exactly right. There's something, I mean, about the philosophy of the work. It's not only folks not being dependent on us, although I think that that's really important to both of us, Um I think there's an additional, um, we believe that people can do the work. You know, I'm, we actually believe that people can do the work that they want to do. Yeah. Right. So I know that that sounds, it sounds kind of subtle, like, oh, of course you believe people can do the work. 
But actually, if we're bringing in a whole team to do the work for people, there is an assumption there that they can't do it. Mm. Whereas I think how we come in is, you know, we'll run a process by which you do the work that you have the expertise in. Um, and we believe you can do that. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's part of the f- philosophy. And I think, you know, there's also something about, um, you know, we talk about doing work differently. And I think, it's it's also matching our rhetoric of mm. doing work differently. I mean, you could feel with that client today. I think they liked what we had to yeah. say. I think they liked that yeah. they were different, yeah. that we were different. But I think they were a little like, uh-huh. ah, what? how do I look? It's like the that? cogs were going, like cobwebs <laughs> were being shaken off. It was like, oh my God, this is like the things we're talking about. They actually have a practice and a methodology to back that up, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's going to look different. Mm. So we're, you know, we're talking about change. We're going to, we're talking about working differently. And then we come in and I think it's always a little discombobulating for our clients, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they want to work differently and they're excited because we do work differently, but then they're kind of like, yeah, but like, do I, do I email Tim or Tuesday or like silly, you know, small things like, you know, like, nope, email us both. One of us will answer. You know, it's just kind of, it's just a little bit different. It takes people a while to get used to. Um, they're, they're, they're always looking for those signposts, like who's really in charge, right? Or, um, how does that really work? Um, you can see them and as they get more comfortable with us and as they work with us longer term, then they're just completely used to it and it's not a thing. Uh, but I think at the, and at the onset, it's a thing. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, uh, and it can be quite a shock to folks. And, and like, you know, no matter how many times we sit down with someone and be like, this is going to be different it's going to feel uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> right? We're get, we're entering into a process where none of us know what we're doing, but we have a process mm-hmm. that helps us navigate that. We can put in place a strategic architecture that creates the conditions for you with multiple other people, many of whom you don't agree with, to figure this out. And our experience yeah. over the last 20 years is that people will rise to that opportunity, right? They will rise to yeah. it. Like you will, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, everyone's like oh great that sounds amazing brilliant you know and then you get into it and they're like really does it have to be this uncomfortable <laughs> or like right. oh my god can't we just like have the answer and just go do it you know like right. like because it's such a um it is it's such it's such a shift in mindset mm-hmm. look i just want to bookmark three things for us to talk about on this podcast okay all right not Got to it. interrupt this conversation, but almost just to like set a little bit of a, not agenda, but and maybe for the listeners too, so they can get some th- sense of what's coming. One is I want to talk about our deliberateness in working with managers of one, mm, right? Yeah. People who are able to be independent and they're self-starters. Yeah. So I want to talk about that. For sure. I want to talk about um, how uh, this kind of structure forces us to let go of control and forces mm. our clients to let go of control. There's something about this design, this structure of our business that mm-hmm. forces a surrendering of control, Yeah. right? And then the last thing I wanna talk about is that is that we work in the void, right? Like we work in the space between things, mm. right? And mm. so the more rigid we become, the less able we are to actually be responsive, right? And and so I just want to kind of dig in, dig into those things a little bit. Managers of one, mm-hmm. letting go of control, 
Yeah. Actually working in the, in the, what do they, there's some fancy word, interstitial. Oh, interstitial. Yeah, exactly. Is it? Is that, did I get it right? Yeah, I think so. Interstitial spaces, like, like that's essentially where we're working and the more, and it's impossible to be structured in there, to be like a highly structured organization in there, in that kind of space and work effectively, I think. That's right. Okay. And then I have something I'll say at the end of that too, because I think, you know, this is what we know now. Right. Right. We made this choice for now. So managers are one. Well, the phrase managers of one comes from a book called Rework, which is a fantastic book. It was written by the people who um, uh, set up Basecamp. You know, there's, I think I've forgotten their name. I'm so sorry. But Basecamp was their kind of original kind of big business launch. And then they wrote this incredible book called Rework, which I think was, you know, one of the major business books that has influenced how I think about how we do business together. And we'll put the, we'll put the link to the book in the, in the uh, podcast notes. Um, so go, go check it out. Anyone who's running a small business or seeking to do highly progressive, agile, adaptive business, this is a, a absolute go-to book. But what they talk about in there is, is very deliberately hiring and seeking out people who are managers of one, right? So we're not hiring, we're not engaging people, you know, certainly the people who we're in long-term contracts with who are going to who are going to need a lot of management. Right. 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 I mean, I think one of the reasons both of us don't have uh, have have rejected the idea of starting a large studio, both of the individual practitioners, right? You right. Know, and also now we're combining our forces is is that neither of us particularly want to manage No. People. Nope. You know, we, no. we're doing that all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of the work, like we're managing very complex dynamics and groups of people anyway. The idea of having to do that in addition to within an organization, in addition to in the kind of collaborative client space is overwhelming. So there's something about like we deliberately seek out people who are self-started. So, you know, I think Jen McSween, who's come, who's our kind of administrative and operations manager, she's just like a prime example of this, you know? Yeah, She's an absolute self-starter. All she needs is direction and then she goes. And she fills in the gaps and she checks in if she needs anything and she just moves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I say that, and I think that would be true of the people we bring in around our evaluation. That would be true of our people we bring in around our project management. It's definitely, you know, it's true of our, of Kate Inglis, who we're working with around our branding, you know, and Meg, uh, Craig Veens, who was, you know, did some of the early branding for us, like all self-starters, all managers of one, all people who were brilliant in terms of aligning um, uh, with a direction and then making it up and moving. And, and, right. and that's why we've never got bigger. We've just got more connected, right? Like get bit, we've never got bigger. We've just got more connected. It's been about a highly connected network system that's allowed us to go to greater and greater scale in our work, right? It's not that we've need to become a bigger and bigger organization to tackle you know, projects now that are on significant regional levels or with large international organizations, right? Right. I was thinking about that. And I'll, and you you also forgot to mention our own podcast producer, Mark Coffin, who is getting us all Indeed. organized too, right? Indeed. We work with folks who are autonomous and who want that. And I th- I feel like we work with folks who even, don't even want us to manage them, right? Like no. they want no, they, they want <laughs> to manage themselves because they're competent human beings and they're going to get their shit done. Um, yeah. And it's such a relief, right? It's such a relief um, to do that for all of the reasons you mentioned. But also, um, you know, the the work is very demanding. Like I love that that you said the work itself is very demand demanding and demands a lot of management and negotiation and navigation. 
And I love looking across the room at any member of our team and like feeling like they got it, right? Like we're holding each other. I'm not holding them. We're holding each other. And that's just a beautiful feeling. And it makes the work better. And they're going to be able to hold themselves. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about fragility last time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. And I don't know if it was in the previous podcast, but in one of our previous podcasts, like, you know, this this sense of being a manager of one means like I can actually host myself. I can manage myself. I have a capacity yeah. to host my own chaos and my own overexcitement and my own despair and right. my own hopefulness. I have a capacity to manage all of that you know, mm-hmm. without spilling it over. And it's not like I manage it without relationship to the other people, but like it, it, it doesn't become the center. That's right. right. And, and, uh, and I think that's a really significant um, choice for us in who we work with and how we choose to work with people. And I never forget, you know, Tolkien Muller and when we had dinner with Tolkien Muller, Tolkien Muller and Monica Nissen, when they were here in Halifax, uh, was that, was it two years ago? Was it? And anyway, and, um, and, and and they just said to they just said to us like you know in, in your working relationships seek out ease the yeah. work is hard enough do you remember yeah, like I do. seek out ease the work yeah. is hard enough you don't have to be in super conflictual hard tough miserable relationships you know and uh, and it was a huge relief for me to hear because there was a piece of me that felt like it kind of should be tough on my teams because that <laughs> means we can that means we're doing in our teams what we're able yeah. to do with our clients yeah. and um uh, and there was a lot of but, relief hearing that from such an such a seasoned practitioner you know yeah and i uh, i i do remember that moment and just feeling like right of course that's just mm. a, that feels like it felt like a a deep kind of liberating truth. Seek ease yeah, not only yeah. not only in your work, but with the people you're working with. Um, yeah. And and I have to say, like I as you were saying that, I was like, oh, I wonder if Tim ever feels guilty about that. Because I have to say, there are times when I actually feel guilty about that. I think things hmm. like I should be mentoring. I should be. <sighs> you, I mean, I should be bringing people along. People contact me and they, you know, want to work with me or learn from me and. It's not at all that I don't have a commitment to that. It's just as a kind of taking on someone in that way and and managing them um, to do their work. I just at this point in my life with two kids and a really full life, like I don't have I don't have it in me. But I will admit, sometimes I think, shoot, you know, like I've been I've been given a lot. I should be giving back in that particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just frankly, I mean, I just have to let it go. Like, this is not the season of my life for that. Um, and it's not the season of our work for that. I mean, I mean, truly, can you imagine mm. us taking on like a, he- a person who needed heavy managing at this moment? We just can't. Or heavy, I, or heavy mentorship, right? Right, right. And so I just kind of like, I, I think I feel at peace with it, but I'm not going to pretend that it, it doesn't cause me moments of like, uh, uh, you know, that's where I am, but. You know, at some point I might be different. I think maybe I thought of it too, because Toka is such a strong mentor for some folks. He doesn't manage, but Mm -hmm. he does mentor. But that's not, Mm. I don't think that's particularly my gift either. Yeah. Wow. And I feel like you've totally mentored me into a whole arena of this work that, you know, intuitively and instinctively I felt, but like Mm. didn't have an analysis or an articulation of until I met you. So I feel like, you know, you have been a major mentor for me in terms of beginning to deeply understand how a power analysis can impact participatory leadership work and its ability to get results. So I think, so I think there's lots of ways that 
Oh, I'm just so, saying, you know. Mm, this is really you interesting. You can't, take, you can't take away my experience of being mentored Tuesday. I will not. I will not. I did mentor you. <laughs> You needed it so badly. I was like, oh, this poor man. Let me just help we him gotta, out here. We got to no. whip this white boy into shape. <laughs> no, but I was actually thinking because I could have not around the same topic, of course, but I could say that you mentored me so as well. Yeah, so then exactly. I was thinking, oh, right. So maybe even managers of one, like there, there might be some piece around mentoring each other that mm-hmm. I just hadn't considered in that way, like available to mentor and be mentored, but not in a way that feels in any way heavy. Huh, I want to think about that. I think, or just think about how Jen's mentoring us in terms of actually helping us. <laughs> yes. Right, helping us be more like, be like just just in terms of like the internal organizing of all oh of our projects gosh. and initiatives, like mentoring us in how to have the necessary rigor of structure in place to hold the complexity of these long-term, multi-year, multi-stakeholder projects, right? She's totally mentoring us, right? And like how Meg mentored us with in terms yeah. of branding, like really encouraging us to step out of ourselves and be brave enough to put ourselves out there in a fully branded kind of way, you know. And when both of us were kind of like, oh, we shouldn't show off too much, you know. And, and you know, and now Kate taking that even further with the, with the branding right. of the new site with the outside. So I think I think there is, I, th- I think you're onto something there, actually, mm. with these managers of one, you know, this kind of like, I think there is something that's happening there that is mentory, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that you're absolutely right. What was your second one? Can you remind me? Oh, it forces us to let go of control. Yeah. Right. So thanks. Yeah. So this structure, I think the the way that we work, the fact that we don't have the fact that we don't come in with a massive staff, right, of like Mm -hmm. 30 people or 50 people, Mm -hmm. you know, means Mm -hmm. that the client can't turn to us and be like, handle this. Right. Take control of this. Right. Right. Because actually our response is like, sorry. (laughs) 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 Don't have time. And we pick, we, we know we, we don't take a lot of clients. We get a lot of people asking us to do work with them and we pick and choose who we take, right? I mean, our yeah. clients are chosen, right? Yeah. By us and we're chosen by them. Like it's a, right. it's a, it's a mutual choice that takes place, but we, we're very careful about what we take on and do our best to pick projects that feel very aligned to, you know, what we feel our strengths and opportunity and, and skills are and their needs are and all of that stuff. And so, um, but uh, but but still, it for, you know it forces them to uh, to figure it out, to make it up as yeah. they go along, because there's no way that we can do it for people, right? And we, and we say that we always say that you know that classic one liner, we're not going to do it for you, we're going to do it with you, you know, like. Right. But like the but actually the size and the structure of our organization enforces that that's right it certainly enforces it it forces it for our clients but it forces it for us too mm-hmm. like no matter us like, to let go of well that's absolutely oh my god right yeah. i mean because there would be a million things that i think like oh i could just you know i could just go get that done or i could just you know what i mean mm-hmm. but we simply don't have the bandwidth to do it so it's it's almost like keeping us honest about our rhetoric right <laughs> around partnership because we cannot possibly do it all and so the small size i think also forces us to really let go of control and be like well that's going to, and it's not like an abdication of responsibility, but it's actually a letting go of control. That's going to be how it is. I cannot possibly step in in every place 
that I might even want to, let alone um, think I'm needed. So I certainly think it, it makes us give up some control because I mean, I mean, you've noticed, right? I mean, as we get more and more work, we keep saying, ah, you know, should we bring in a bigger, like we're talking about, like, do we bring in a bigger team and what does that mean? And, and we, we keep finding ways to not do that. To you know. build the human resource, yeah, right, exactly. into the organizations and the and the teams that we're working with, like you know, and that's also I also just want to say like that's also where we're mentoring. You know, if you think about the folks, yeah, folks we're working within in the sports system, the amount of like mentoring and support that we're providing there within the municipal work, within the work in Sweden mm-hmm. around the welfare system, you know, um, so you know, even the work we did around the uh, independent schools across the United States, you know, some of the philanthropy work we've been involved in, there's been significant elements of mentorship in all of yeah. those where we're we're literally doing a, a lot of one-to-one work that is building people's kind of like courage and confidence and you know quite concrete capacity to lead in yeah. a different way so although we may not be mentoring people to become consultants like us right right we're absolutely <laughs> met i do feel we're absolutely mentoring people to be leading change in this way in the world every single day we turn up to work Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. a great way to think about it. You just helped me feel less guilty all day long today, Tim. Thanks. Dude. Let me let me see what else I can give you. What else am I feeling Dude, just bad like, about? Throw you it at me. me throw it at me. I got it. <laughs> dive, dive and catch on the boundary every time. <laughs> all right. Look, we, we, we've got a few minutes left in one and we still yeah. want to give a poem. But I, let's get into this piece of the void because I actually... I think it speaks a lot to who we are as much as Mm -hmm. it speaks to the organizational structure we've uh, built. So, you know, Mm -hmm. a a significant piece of our work is that we are um, we we are bringing together multiple stakeholders, right, Mm -hmm. uh, to figure things out together. So we're literally like I often feel like we're part of the stitching you know, that needs Mm. to happen for people to be able to problem solve at scale. You know, there's no way that the government partners can do it on their own. There's no way that Mm -hmm. the industry partners can do it on their own. There's no way that the civil society or the community or the faith-based partners can do it on their own, you know? Right. And, and, and a lot of what our role is, is like in the void, you know? And I was talking to my my daughter about this, Emma, because she was saying, you know, oh, you know, uh, she, she was basically uncomfortable with feeling like she was part of a clique, you know? Mm, and she was saying, you know, and, I, and I've got, I've got, yeah, you know, and I, she's like, and I've got friends in other groups, you know? And so we had this like lovely conversation about like, oh, well, maybe your group isn't, maybe the group of people that are your friends isn't a clique. Maybe they come from lots of different groups mm. and that's just your group, you know? And that's right. how it was for me at school and growing up was like, I had these friends in all of these different, Whoa. I had like super jock uh, rugby players who were friends and I had like artists and musicians and like some really bright academics and some guys who like kind of partied all night and turned up to school completely high and like you mm-hmm. know I mean like it was just like I had this like huge range I never forget being in a history class and one of my mates standing up at the back of the class and just shouting Pontius pilot and we weren't even studying that area of history you know and I was like Charlie sit down anyway um so, uh, so I just, we had those, I, I just mm. think there's something about uh, that our organization and the positioning of our organization may somewhat be reflective yeah. of who we are as much as the role we play. Wait, I think that's without a doubt. As you were talking, I was like, I felt like you were, it's, I mean, as many differences as we have, Tim, 
Like as you were talking, I was like, yep, that's exactly. I mean, if I think about school, like, yep, just had friends lots of different places. Right. Never felt like I was specifically with that particular group, just kind of friends with lots of people and um, and and would never want my life to be with one group of people, right? I mean, mm. I love that kind of ability and I really appreciate that about myself and about you, that capacity to move between spaces. Um, yeah, I think it is part of who we both are for probably really different reasons. Um, but I think uh, <laughs> it has served us very well in this particular line of work. I just don't, you know, I've, well, my friend, um, Ashley Cooper, you know her, she's a practitioner yeah, in North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. She said at one point, I just thought this was so interesting. She said, Tuesday, I think that y- like you actually believe everyone deserves a place at the table. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I do. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's just part and parcel of who we are. Like we're working between spaces to bring people together because we actually think everyone has a, has the possibility of contributing. And so we want to make that possible. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. I would not have called it the void, but I like it. I like well, it. I, that I, feels I, much more kind of like, uh, metaphysical and kind of awesome than kind the of void. like. And <laughs> And uh, yeah. yeah, but I, and also, I mean, I, I I know we need to get into the poem and stuff, but like the the, the I think there is something about this, the um the uncertainty of organizing in that kind of space, yeah. you know, like that that is really um I think it's quite significant. Like you, you, we can't become if we're gonna actually be the thing that is knitting together all of these multiple players, we actually can't become a super heavy hitter. Like we we can't be rigid. We have to be the, we have to be anti-fragile, right? We have to, we, we have That's to right. be, the, we have right. to be the absolute opposite of, fra- we have to be supple and flexible and, and, you know, and able to move between all, like we have to have an organization that's able to do that. And, you know, so we need to be able to present actually as hyper-professional, really tightly branded with kick-ass presentations, as much as we need to be able to represent as super approachable people that you can sit down, right. have a cup of tea with and get real. You know what I mean? And like, we've just, mm-hmm. and, it's, and and our organization has got to feel like all of that too. Like we've got to be able to turn, sometimes we're sitting down with ministers, right? Sometimes yeah. we're sitting down with church leaders. Sometimes we're sitting down with kids in youth centers. And it's like our organization and our brand and our people have to be able to do that too. All right. So it's my turn to recommend a song then, huh? Yeah. Okay, so my song this week, I sent it to you, I think two weeks ago. It's by Baba Mall and Mumford and Sons called There Will Be Time. Mm, Did you listen nice. to it? I have. So beautiful. Love it. I only live for you. It's all that I have. So I've been taking my son. Uh, he has to go running for his cross country team. He has to be at the, whatever, the place at six every in the mornings, twice a week. So I take him so early and it's so dark. And uh, after I drop him off, because he will not listen to my music. So after I drop him off, I'll just listen to that. And it's like the most beautiful early morning song. It's just like a beautiful way to start your day.
So because we were talking about, I'm, I'm on a, I've just been, because we've been doing poems, I've been digging through my old poetry books. So I'm into mm. the Lem Sisse right now. So this is from um, uh, Lem Sisse's book, The Listener. Actually, it's just called Listener. Um, and this one's called Architecture. And I think it speaks to organizational form as much as anything else. Mm. Each cloud wants to be a storm. My tap water wants to be a river. Each match wants to be an explosive. Each reflection wants to be real. Each joker wants to be a comedian. Each breeze wants to be a hurricane. Each drizzled rain wants to be torrential. Each laugh from the throat wants to burst from the belly. And each yawn, Hmm. each yawn wants to hug the sky. Each kiss wants to penetrate. Each handshake wants to be a warm embrace. Don't you see how close we are? to crashes and confusion, tempests and terror, mayhem and madness, and all things out of control. Each melting ice cube wants to be a glacier. Each goodbye wants to be the smooth stroke of a forehead. Each cry Mm. wants to be a scream. Each carefully pressed suit wants to be creased. Each midnight Mm. frost wants to be a snowdrift. Each mother wants to be a friend. Each nighttime wants to strangle the day. And each wave wants to be tidal. Each subtext wants to be a title. Each winter (laughs) wants to be the... Right? Each winter wants to be the big freeze. And each summer wants to be a drought. And each polite agreement wants to be a vicious denial. And each diplomatic smile wants to be a one-fingered tribute <laughs> to tact. <laughs> Don't you see how close we are to crashes and confusion, tempests and terror, mayhem and madness, and all things out of control? Keep telling yourself you've got it covered. Oh, I feel like I want to clap my hands. He's so good, yes. isn't he? He's so good, He's isn't he? So, he is good. so good. Oh, that's amazing. Lem Sisse, people, check him out if you don't know him, and if you do, go 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 for a go for another. That's visit. right. So we'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's the end of our podcast today. Thanks to all the poets and singers and people and managers of one and people who are stepping up to lead and get change done. Uh, this is Find the Outside, the podcast. I'm Tim Merry. Tuesday, Ryan Hart has been with me. Thanks to Mark Coffin, who's been uh, producing for us. Gary Blakemore for the music. Is that it? Have I covered everybody? I think so. Awesome. See you next time. Mm-hmm.